The deal is this. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid that read Dropper and Turn Wilson or his wheel. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid that read Dropper and Turn Wilson or his wheel. Wheel, 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 wheel. They unpissed. Wheel, 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 wheel. They unpissed. Okay, by the time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing magicians. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I are currently going through New X-Men, the X-Men series from Grant Morrison back in 2001 to 2004. We are currently on issue number 132, and we're in between arcs. We've uh, yep. we've taken care of Cassandra Nova. We've um, gone and done okay. some some sublime some stuff, some John sublime stuff. Uh, we freed Zorn, um, and now Phantom we're just we're, we met Weapon, Phantom X, yeah. Weapon Thirteen, yeah. or as Wolverine very helpfully reminds the audience in one of these issues, Weapon X One One One. Yeah, this is how you learn uh, Roman numerals from Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's an M? A <laughs> C's a hundred. Snicked. We were uh, we. They put some Jeopardy episodes up on Hulu, and it was like the, mm. the greatest of all time competition with like Ken Jennings and two other guys that definitely didn't win that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. one of the categories, the second, nobody remembers the second and third greatest of all time. No, but. not at all, not at all. I mean, they got they walked off with like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Like, so I mean, like it's good for them, but um, they didn't yeah. get the they didn't get the literal goat trophy that they they created for that thing. But um, but the, one of the categories was uh. I don't remember what they called it, but it was basically you had to. It was Roman numerals, so you had to figure out what a Roman num what a Roman numeral representation for a number was, and then use that to get to the name of an artist because that's their initials. Yeah, and it was. It's just like how the fuck are you supposed to do this in like five seconds? <laughs> like, what are you doing, Jeopardy? Yeah, <laughs> five five seconds if you're the slowest Jeopardy person ever on Earth yeah. <laughs> because you have to. Yeah, like uh, you know the buzzing uh, uh, discipline is the big Jeopardy thing. Yeah, when when you do that, that's the the big tip that people have. When you know, I read like accounts of people who have been on the show and stuff. Um, yeah, that's that, that's uh, that's wild. I I wouldn't be able to do get it you know well at that. No, no I got no. Roman numerals up to twenty or so, and then I'm about done. Yeah, once you get into uh, the M and the L's, I just, I just and I think yeah, it's mostly L's. because I I hate the Super Bowl, so I just don't even pay attention to yeah know, Roman numerals it, anymore. I'm extremely bad at uh, remembering anything that's just a string of numbers and letters. Mm -hmm. Like it makes it it makes it uh, as a musician. And specifically as a key, like guitars have cool names, you know, like, like Bender, Stratocaster, you know, Rick and Bacher and stuff. Mm -hmm. Keyboards all have names like, you know, Korg, XL, S1, Pro Series, 232, <laughs> and shit like that. And it, it makes it extremely hard to talk to other magician, uh, or musicians and magicians, probably, where like, I, I will, they'll be like, hey, what kind of keyboard do you use? And I have to be like, hmm. You know, know, it's a it's black. It's a white. It's white. Yeah, it's 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 a it's white. Like I I happen to have a keyboard I can name right now. I cannot name my secondary keyboard or any keyboard other keyboard I've ever used. That's like a professional series keyboard. 
Damn. That's, so, and because it has a name, it's not like numbers and letters. I get that. Um, I get that when people ask me what kind of mic I use to record with. I'm like, sure. I, I'm like, I just, I don't even remember. Like, I bought it two years ago and it works. <laughs> like, I don't. There's no yeah. branding on it, which is my favorite thing about it. Like, so I can't even look at the mic and see what it is. <laughs> the uh, my my uh, that's this is the thing where like it, I, I hate that that kind of fetishization of like kind of gear, you know, kind of thing. I get hate's too strong a word, but like, I just doesn't work for me as a thing. And you and I are the same that way. Like, I would much prefer just to be like, yeah, it works. I don't care about it. And now I get to like file that in the part of my brain that's the don't think about this and think about other stuff instead yeah and then eventually things in that room get forgotten like a crisper in a <laughs> fridge and uh and and it's great i just don't i don't need to know so who gives a shit you know what if uh, my it's not uh, useful to know one of my very good friends uh was going to start this like weird christian because he's super christian uh, or super catholic and uh, he's gonna start this weird like catholic podcast where they have like these intense theological discussions about you know catholicism and bullshit and uh and like sure his friend is super like scholarly and academic about all this stuff in the most boring way possible like they don't talk about any of like the cool saints that died like it's all just like super in-depth theory or whatever um, yeah but so they call me up and we're like okay what should i get and i'm like well are you gonna record in the same room are you gonna record remotely and all that stuff and they were kind of went back and forth and then um they've been they're in our little podcast co-op that I run for a bunch of several different shows. And, uh, they've been paying me every month to host a podcast that they have not released because one of the guys is so hung up on getting the perfect gear for this, that he just oh, hasn't recorded oh, yeah. anything. And, uh, Thursday or Friday, he called me and he was like, so he wants to get like two Scarlet interfaces, but I'm worried that they're, that's not going to work on one computer. And I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Just get a snowball and record. <laughs> and like, yeah, if people yeah. like it, like start upgrading. Like just nobody is yeah. going to care about any of this. Just spend a hundred bucks and start it. 100%. Like that's always my number one, like piece of advice for podcasters. And that's something I bring from the music world as well. Like I know so many people who play music who will not uh, do anything until everything is perfect. And that's the opposite. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, like you, you just start your podcast with like an okay sounding microphone uh, and free software and just start your recording project with a four track tape recorder or your computer and a Casio and uh, and then go from there. Like, I think that that early like ramshackle shit's important. Yeah. And also, you don't even know if you like doing it. And that's, you know? that was like, what, what I told what, my buddy is yeah. like, you guys have spent a year not recording a podcast and you spent money for not recording a podcast. Like, yeah. what, are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, do you like this hobby? Yeah. You don't fucking even know. And do know. people want to listen to it? You don't know. Like you, you don't have time. Like you don't have any, anything that you were going to do. So, um, yeah, anyway. it's fucking, yeah, that's weird. weird. Anywho, speaking of, uh, we are 12 minutes know, into this podcast Gary. <laughs> yeah, just, speaking of projects that don't go anywhere. Uh, ep- issue 132 of uh, <laughs> New X-Men. Yes, because yes. Can you, uh, can you, like, with the best will in the world, can you tell me why this issue happens? I mean, like, <clears throat> did Grant Morrison just really want to, like, write up a story about Polaris and, like, weird magnetic ghost something? I don't, like, a lot of this doesn't make a, a ton of sense to me. And like, No, that... I, this is quietly one of the worst issues in the the series. It really, is. I think there's a lot of um, weird undercurrents too. Like, um, we'll get to it, but like Thunderbird is here, and Xavier, as the audience stand is, the reader stand in is like, I thought you were dead. It's like it must be some other guy. Never going to try yeah. up on that in this series because that's probably yeah. some other weird comic book that we're not going to do. Like, it's just very strange. That, Real fucking weird. Well, that's that's in the next issue. Oh, is which it? Is also, reason, extremely thought, weird. Yeah, no, I thought yeah, that was this one's one. all Genosha. So, so as, with the best will in the world, what I think they're doing 
with this is uh, following up on Genosha because they keep telling us how important it is, but it's been a while since we've seen it, you know. And we're gonna run it. The next arc uh, after this is the Riot of Xavier's, and one of Quentin Quire's like big points is like, "Hey, why should we be sympathetic to humans? They did this horrible tragedy. Got to remind us of the tragedy, yeah. right?" I get that. Second bit is a little bit of foreshadowing, uh, you know, for the you know the, he needs to remind everybody like, "Hey." Even though Magneto's dead, his shadow looms really large over this culture and society. That's um, great. Very good. But, yeah, like, yeah, Polaris, like, why? Polaris doesn't do anything in this. Like, you know, th- like, the, the other uh, Thunderbird that they have here doesn't do anything in this. Like, the, the all the magnet stuff is just, like, weird junk science that doesn't, like, it's just Grant Morrison throwing a bunch of Grant Morrison words in a food processor and hoping, you know? I uh the the magnetic stuff here doesn't make any sense to me even if I just like try to forget everything that I know about anything like it doesn't make comic book sense to me like <laughs> no, that's it's, <laughs> it's there's yeah. just and it's really kind of really poorly visually represented as well so it just looks like like did Magneto save all of these memories as gloops of metal or something and like yeah and it's just there's it's, a lot of weird it's just Jeep, as, as Jeep magnetic waves yeah no. yeah. So I yeah I'm, this is a weird issue in general for me. Um, I do like the idea of going back to Genosha and checking in on the rebuilding effort there is very cool and like yeah. even the conversations that they have and we'll we'll get to it. But of like what what are we even doing here? What what lesson can we even learn from sixteen million people dying within like a span of a couple of minutes? Like that's that's really interesting stuff. But they don't go down that road at all. Instead, we spend a lot of time talking to Toad and Polaris. Toad, Toad and Polaris about magnets. You know, which is just not that interesting. I will say that in the series, this is one of my favorite covers. Like, I love the cover of this issue, which is showing them building this gigantic Magneto statue that they're making. But I just think this image is very striking. Yeah. Like, the, the little people uh, kind of using their powers to construct this this gigantic uh, statue. I think it's cool looking. And I like the idea of, like, the people that lived at Genosha who were super into Magneto, like, doing this as a tribute to him. Like, that's a that's an interesting thing. Like, um even because Genosha was a little bit of a complex issue in the mutant world for a while. So it's just kind of cool yeah. that people are representing that. Uh, but yeah, let, I guess let's get into it so we can talk about how yeah. we, we don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I don't like this issue. Uh, Phil, uh, Phil Jimenez is doing the art on this one. Who is an artist. I actually really like, I don't think he's perfect at action stuff. Like I think I agree with you that some of the uh, mechanics of what are happening is unclear, but I put that on, on Morrison's feed. I don't put that on Phil's. I think Phil's generally a pretty good artist. Yeah. I like I like most of the representations of our of our cast in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we start off with this like big sweeping shot of the ruins of Genosha, with uh, the centerpiece being this gigantic Omega Sentinel. We've seen this Omega Sentinel uh, before this uh, this gigantic three faced jet human transformer hybrid, and uh, just uh, three pe- figures. We don't know who they are yet. Just being like, I remember the space. Uh, this is actually where Magneto died. Like the spot. Yep. Uh, these three people are Quicksilver. Sabra and other guy, <laughs> other yes, Thunderbird, uh, also Thunderbird. So this is, I think, Grant Morrison trying to tie into like, hey, other X Men shit is happening mm-hmm. at this point. This Thunderbird was introduced in uh, Claremont's Extreme X Men. Okay, at the time, uh, he's trash. Like he's not a good character. All everything that Claremont did in that run is garbage. Like not not exaggerating. Fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I read it. Um, you know, the worst comic I read every month. And, uh, yeah, so he's from that. He's fine. Yeah, this is the yeah. weird, perverse, perverse person that I am. It's like, oh, Gary said this is absolute garbage. I should read that sometime to see yeah, if I agree. You, <laughs> you should read the garbage that is Chuck Austin because it's entertaining garbage. The Chris Claremont garbage uh, of Extreme X-Men is just 
really hard to get through. It's extremely boring. Um, but you should read the Chuck Austin X Men. We should do the Chuck Austin Austin X Men. It's fucking fascinating. <laughs> Interesting garbage is is something I'm absolutely here for. Yeah. Uh, so Sabre is basically saying like I'm 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 happy that Magneto died because he was a master race lunatic. Uh, and then like you know Quicksilver having to pipe up and say like Magneto was my father, but otherwise you were right. Yeah. It just leaves because Quicksilver is a yeah. huge dick in every representation we've ever seen him in. Yeah, I, I like the I like Quicksilver and I like this representation of Quicksilver. He leaves. Um, they're talking about, you know, Sabra feels out of her depth. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about going and meeting with Xavier when Xavier arrives. While Quicksilver is running around, he just happens to run past the path of, like, the villain from X-Men number three or something. So this is Eunice the Untouchable. Um, fairly certain this guy would not still be able. I don't think he's alive uh, in the continuity at this point, but, like, you know. Who cares? Uh, we need it. It doesn't matter. We need a guy with the shield so that we can depower the shield or something. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we can we can use the shield as a plot device. But this is not a consistent characterization with this guy, as far as I know. Like maybe he showed up in in something else. I think this is just Grant Morrison taking somebody's superpower and extrapolating what their personality would be like from it. Yeah, because the thing you know, that so we we uh, haven't mentioned here is like our our three X Men characters are all in these like iron man suit kind of looking deals like astronaut suits uh because yeah. genosha is soaked with very evil radiation not evil radiation just bad radiation regular uh, regular radiation spicy yeah, yeah. air the, the radiation doesn't have a morality system right it just doesn't choose to kill people it just does <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> chernobyl on hbo yeah. um the uh <laughs> watch out for episode uh, so, number three everybody <laughs> yeah it's a I, I just bought that on dvd last night because i was thinking about it and i've been really obsessed with it, you know since i watched it, i've been obsessed with it. i love that series um so uh, Eunice is going crazy because he's he's saying like, oh, they came through my shield. Uh, I'm supposed to be untouchable, but the ghosts, billions of ghosts just came through my shield and they're following her. Um, we don't know what this means yet. Uh, and then we swap over to showing Jean Grey and Professor X arrive uh, on the jet, also in their spacesuits. Yes. Um, there's a there's a kind of a strip at the bottom where you can see some some weird floaty business happening over at that Omega Sentinel statue that is, yeah, know, hey, that's important, but also just looks like Jubilee having a good time over there. So we're yeah, <laughs> just like, like smoke from ruins. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, that, yeah. Like, and, and to be fair, right? Like you put a gun to my head and say, draw magnetic waves. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> might have a hard time with that. Oh yeah. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I, I think you were absolutely yeah. right in laying this at, uh, on Morrison because uh, he's the guy that was talk that, that wrote all of this out and he's, Sometimes he's extremely great at writing for a visual medium. And then sometimes he says probably stuff like the magnets are ghosts and you need to draw that around a statue. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> like Grant, it's just magic. You know, it's magic dude. And then just like, fuck man. Like, first of all, can we just have a, don't make me go work with Alan Moore in his snake cave. Like I, let's have a normal conversation for once in our fucking life. Grant. Um, yeah. So, so we, we cut over to inside this dome. We've seen this gigantic X dome. Um, we see Storm, who was hanging out with the extreme X-Men at this time as well. Um, we see, uh, you know, Neil, uh, who is a Thunderbird, Sabra, and Quicksilver. They're inside. They're out of their spacesuits. Uh, and I like uh, Storm here. Like, if anyone's looking for brownie points, Charles Xavier loves green tea. Nice. Um, uh, yeah. And Charles wants to know kind of what happened uh, to that they were he, he has heard about them meeting the untouchable man um and wants to know what happened uh so they yeah. go they go see him and they you know do their whole tele, telekinesis thing and 
don't really find out a whole lot of information. All of the stuff that they're getting from him seems like super weird. The only thing that he mentions is that he's been seeing someone with green hair. And as they'll later mention, they only know one person with green hair. So. And first, first of all, I find that hard to believe. Me too. I didn't look it up, but me <laughs> like, too. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, not only do I not think that's true, but also big intuitive leap. Right. And, and just to say positive things when they're positive, like I kind of like, you know, Storm saying like, if anyone wants brownie points and then uh, Thunderbird, like being, you know, tripping over himself to introduce himself to Charles. I was thinking about this uh, mostly with the right Xavier's arc that comes next. Doesn't this do a better job of showing uh, kind of Charles Xavier being this jet setting celebrity and that sucking than Phoenix did? Yes, absolutely. Like it's it's real subtle. It's like a subtle theme, but him just get, like he's basically globe trotting, and he's been globe trotting for a while. Yeah, you know, and and him uh, him going through and people being like, oh, I saw you on the TV. Like this just has as a undercurrent of the entire thing, like Charles Xavier's uh, arrogance, uh, and I really appreciate the treatment of it. The other thing I really like is Jean Grey's like Angelo Bambino. Uh, calls him a bambino. Eunice is Italian. <laughs> Excuse <but> me, <laughs> little bambino. <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, not. It's not Eunice's untouchable pizza. Like you don't. <laughs> it's a me, the untouchable man. Pizza. You cannot eat of the slice. <laughs> they you know? call me bambino because I'm Italian now. Yeah, it's a very it's, weird thing. Also, a uh, weird touch. There's a Marvel wiki that just has a green hair section. Uh, oh, because <laughs> of course there is, the and just, tag. the the biggest one is I mean, right off the top is Jennifer Walters, right? Um, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah so. What if what if it was She Hulk and that was the person who was here to give tribute to Magneto? <laughs> <laughs> There's also Abigail Brand, um, oh, which I would imagine hey. it like is somebody they would they would probably have crossed paths with before. I want to say that that happened in Astonishing, I, she, but uh, I can't remember. Yeah, that happened after this uh, okay. chronologically. Abigail Brand had not been introduced in Marvel, I think. Mm-hmm. At this point, but she all oh yeah, It'd be very funny if it's just like you mean Polaris and someone in the background is like thinking about she Hulk like huh? um so uh they go back to we get this little conversation with uh Professor X and uh Storm yes you know uh and this is the you know what do we get out of this tragedy kind of thing mm-hmm. um and this is a weird little moment too I think this is alluding to a subplot with Storm and Xavier I think. Extreme X-Men kind of concerned itself with a little bit of like the team disagreeing with Xavier. Mm-hmm. And we'll see a little bit of that, the murder of the mansion arc, which is coming up. But uh, this seems like there's some tension here between yeah. Storm and uh, Professor X. Like, she, you know, she's like, do you believe in ghosts? He's like, no. You know, and she's like, I do believe. I think ghosts come in many forms. And Charles says, we don't talk very often these days, do we? <laughs> which is you a know? weird thing to say to that. <laughs> hey, yeah. Gary, I believe in ghosts. Really? Yeah. We don't really talk yeah. enough, Jeremy. Like, you'd be like, uh, yeah. Jeremy, I got to go. <laughs> I yeah, need like, to, like, to leave this wrong? conversation. Oh, fuck, man. Um, but basically, they're just, you know, again, saying uh, it's been really horrible. Uh, pity, grief, and Una saw something. We don't know what it is. Um, and we see these, again, these floating kind of magnet shapes out in the field. Um, they're going to have a further conversation with this and uh, Thunderbird is going to offer uh, some green tea to Charles and Xavier because he's you know trying to score them brownie points. Um, yep. And if they're uh, and they start talking about like if this is Polaris, we we, we got to go out there and help her because the radiation levels could kill anybody uh, and she shouldn't be able to survive. Um, yeah. And uh, yep. there's and there's also like this idea that uh, like Magneto could still be alive somehow. Yeah. And yeah. people say he's still alive. I love uh, the response to this. Um, Charles ever says, I know I've seen the T-shirts <laughs> like that, that's such a good line. That's just a just, you know, 
a culture around this. And I love, I love this dialogue here. I, I really like Quicksilver. This made me want a Grant Morrison book with Quicksilver in it. Like, mm-hmm. even though Grant Morrison will never work on X-Men again, probably. But, you know, what do you think, Pietro? And he's like, I think my father's greatest trick is being more dangerous dead than he ever was alive. Yeah. Uh, that's a really cool little bit of foreshadowing as well. Like, this issue only really makes sense as it sets up Riot at Xavier's, but like, boy, does it suck all this, you know, this magnet stuff just sucks the moon from the sky. Yeah. Once we get towards the back half of this issue, I think it just kind of goes off the rails. Incoherent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they jump in their Mako device for Mass Effect and just start riding around. Um, and the most important thing here is that uh, Xavier's starting to notice something from the the Mega Sentinel. Uh, that's the statue, the Omega Sentinel, and it's look kind of looks like there's a face forming in one of the holes. So they yeah. go up there to check it out, and they run into uh, Toad, uh, Mini Toad, and other guy. So. Yeah, I think he's called Shocker in this, but he's not the Spider Man Shocker. No, no, no. He's the you know? he's the sex sexual performance Shocker. That guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's 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 all about uh, La Pink and La Stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, I love I, you. Know, I like Toad uh, here. I do too. I like know? Toad a lot in like, this because he makes sense. Yeah. He's like you know we're yeah we're literally just doing something to honor our dead, and like now the mutant police are here to fuck with us. What are we gonna do? Fight? Like what? Do, what are you here yeah. for? I live yeah. here, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like i just hang out in the radiation uh the, the the effects of how dangerous this place are are you know not consistent because now the x-men are also not wearing suits yes yeah because um, they're inside and the every as we yeah. all know just being inside stops radiation from sentinels sure so. yeah we've we played fallout yeah um the uh so they're kind of saber rattling uh at this point uh except for the x-men who are saber rattling uh-huh. <laughs> they just grabbing her by the shoulders and just shaking her. just like <laughs> like it's rude. a chris rock routine from the 90s <laughs> <laughs> Um, Toad now has a smaller Toad yeah. with him. He's got another little subhuman little monster who he calls like Toad Junior or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. Yeah, um, the to- it's Toad the- in waiting is what he calls. <laughs> yeah, Toad in waiting, which I think is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like the scene where it looks like they're about to fight. Uh, uh, I presumably Storm has summoned up like the darkest, scariest looking storm clouds behind them. Like yeah. I don't know what what Toad thinks he's going to win in this fight. You know, like Toad and Toad in waiting, plus a guy who can shoot electricity feels pretty outmatched. Yeah, but like not even shoot electricity. Like the dude has like a wrench for a hand, like a wrench that would never yeah. work on just normal bolts. Like it's the worst he wrench ever. He does have wrench hands. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, I, he has, like, he's, he's like a human crab hybrid. I don't, I don't know what the human crab's doing. Um, real weird, just as a weird little bit of trivia. Uh, you know, they're talking about this. Uh, you know, Charles Xavier says, uh, we're looking for Lorna Dane Polaris. She's in danger. Wouldn't you know? You know Magneto better. Wouldn't you think he'd want us to protect her? And he, uh, this, this here, the scene right here of Toad sticking to the wall is what they use for promotional art in wikis for Toad. Now this drawing is is Toad. <laughs> I mean, it's um, probably the coolest that Toad has ever looked. I mean, it's, totally. Like, you're not going to go to the X Men yeah. Evolution Toad to, to like pull some stuff out for that, right? <laughs> Ugh, like, what if a poor kid? Um, you know, and you're not going to do the old Toad with the uh, the motley and the, the jester outfit. Um, and here's some good dialogue. You know, Toad says, you know, all Magneto ever wanted, Xavier, was wanting you to admit that humans were murderous scum. Like, admit he was right. You know, and that's a really good motivation for Xavier, like a real, you know, Xavier, or not Xavier, uh, Magneto. Like, he had complicated motivations. Like, I think Magneto is a complicated, good character. But also, that's a real human thing. Like, God, just fucking admit that I'm right. Yeah. They you are know, bad like people. that is like there are bad yeah. humans. Like, there's, <laughs> they have literally murdered us before. You can't love all yeah. of them. And here at Ground Zero, where they have done this Holocaust, you still can't fucking admit this thing. And of course Xavier can't admit. That's not Xavier's position. 
But Toad just being like, God, you can't even fucking give him this. You know, after he's dead at the site where he killed us and so, you know, a huge majority of our population. So. And, um, um, during all of this, like, I just want to call out that Toad in waiting, the only thing that he says is work. Like, he doesn't have any spoken dialogue. Like, he just does, he just has make, makes weird Toad noises at everybody, which I think is very strange. He, uh, in the first, in the, his first appearance, he makes Toad noises and then says, bring on the species traders and human collaborators. Oh, geez. All right. So, so that's, that's not great. Like, I don't know where this guy came from. So he's just been watching a lot of YouTube lately, huh? Just auto, yeah, just auto playing yeah. some YouTube videos. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so somebody, somebody introduced Toad and waiting to, uh, you know, take Joe Rogan. So, um, it's not great. Joe Rogan's guest and Joe Rogan himself. Um, just asking questions. Uh, so, uh, they go through, they talking about Polaris. So like, listen, you know, uh, oh, Toad waiting is also, uh, Toad waiting as I call the teenage tosser Are you st- is what he calls him. Wow. Excuse me, Toad waiting. <laughs> and he's right there. Like he's right next to you and he just called him the teenage tosser, which like, that just sounds dirty to me. Does that mean? Cause tosser in British slang is like, uh, it's like slang for a gay guy, right? No, um, I don't know. Let's find out before we just throw that word around yeah, like for the rest of the episode. Uh, let's hit, just hit Urban Dictionary and see what kind of filth oh, we're yeah. going to be able to read on the podcast. Oh, uh, obnoxious jerk. Oh, okay. British slang for an obnoxious jerk. Thank God. <laughs> we really dodged a bullet with that one. No. Yeah, um, I'm glad I am glad I was totally wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, 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 me too. Um, um, so yeah, they, code was right. that's, this is when, uh, Jean Grey says like, what, what are you actually doing out here? And, uh, Quicksilver like does the Quicksilver thing where he runs all over the place and asks, are you, have you been building some sort of insane monument to my father? And that's when we see like the outside of the statue where they have literally been building his face into one of these Sentinel robots. Yeah. Which uh, is cool. That is a cool I idea. Think it's cool, I like it yeah. that it's Toad, and I wish like there would be just someone else besides Toad in waiting and the Shocker to be with him. There. Yeah, like, old I think, man Shocker. Old man <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Um. So time passes at this point, right? So they 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 they're at a you know, and there's all this stuff. Toad's like, oh, Magneto would not let Polaris die. He wouldn't even let these people die. So that's the foreshadowing of the dumb part of this issue. We cut over where Quicksilver is helping with the construction. Again, good characterization for him. You know, he's going to do this tribute to his father. And I love this uh, line here from uh, Sabra, where she's like, these are strange times where superhero and super terrorist work together to make art. Yeah. Like, what a good line. You Extremely know? good. Line. Uh, but uh oh, magnets. Um, so so magnets have now shown up and Jean Grey can hear them. It's like repeated thoughts and voices like a radio. It's not just one person. It's a crowd. Um, the magnets are sweeping them in a direction. So they're following the magnets to polaris who is just floating above the city and these these magnets are not like what you were thinking of when you were picturing a magnet like this is like a white blob filled with different colored like bubblegum pieces right like yes (laughs) and it's just they're all over the place and somehow polaris is gathering them to her it's like you left airheads taffy on your dash yeah hot summer day and and now you've got now you no longer have that and now it's disgusting you got taffy dash (laughs) for the idiot you got taffy dash for the rest of the time you're gonna own that car you have taffy dash yeah you got yourself oh here's your problem you got yourself a case of taffy dash (laughs) like (laughs) so what's the what's uh, the the length of time it would take for you not to eat the taffy dash like would you or would you be like oh this this taffy is ruined or would you be like oh i could could probably eat that in a couple of days 
You know, I, I think the taffy. Okay, so if I got to it quickly, I think I'd peel the taffy and and eat or throw away. Okay. You know, uh, if it if it was a couple days, I think I would leave it, even though I'm sure it's still good because mm-hmm. there's so much sugar and, and preservatives and, and Airheads taffy. It's not like a food. Um, but an ideal situation would be to save it in case your car got like stranded in the winter and then you had to like lick it for sustenance. You know, <laughs> that's the, save it, like the guy so, who survived off the hot sauce. Packets. I just, I just want to remind you that that's the ideal situation, is what you just said. Yes. Like that's the that's the best possible thing that could happen with my taffy is that I get stranded in the winter and have to lick it like an ice hey, cream cone. It's the best possible thing that can happen with taffy dash. Gary, are you it's, okay? it's maybe you not okay the best man? thing that can happen with taffy in general. No, things good. <laughs> need to no, talk. <laughs> like you know, I do. Um, yeah, like uh, that'd be pretty good. You know. The guy in uh, Portland got stranded and, and survived off Taco Bell uh, fire sauce. Sure. Did you read about that? I didn't. No, but that doesn't surprise me. You guys are very, you know, hardcore up there about your Taco Bells and whatnot. No. No, the, there's only one Taco Bell, like, nearby, and I've had it delivered a couple times, and I've just had this, like, Taco Bell craving. And they've never gotten my order right, and it's always, like, an hour and 45 minutes uh, through, like, DoorDash and stuff. It's, like, the worst Taco Bell in the world. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. They opened one yeah. in... Uh, the town that I live in, uh, which is remarkable because mm-hmm. it's a relatively small town, but um, it's like an extremely fancy Taco Bell, like because it's all brand new and everything. I haven't been in it yet, but I just drive by and I'm like, "You guys, is this a Taco Bell?" Or you're like, "What, are you, what vibe are yeah. you going for here?" Uh, upscale Taco Bell is real weird. Their new logo is really strange too, because it looks like an old logo that's been in the sun for too long. Mm. Like it's black and white. Oh, it's weird. I guess I haven't bold. paid attention. Yeah, yeah, it's a real bold choice. Um, so uh, Lorna Dane Polaris is floating above the city, gathering airheads, Taffy Dash. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, it's Lorna. There are millions inside of her. And now, like, nothing makes sense. Um, She is absorbing the magnets. The, there's all these speech bubbles that are people's kind of last words yep. during this thing. And Lorna has full-on supervillain Joker face. And, like and, she, It looks like she's going to turn evil. And it should be noted that these magnets are also tearing all of her clothes off for some reason. Yes, uh, and we yeah we don't really know what's happening. Like you know, the the characters are trying to explain it. Like Thunderbird's like she's acting like a magnetic pole. She's repelling us, and uh, Jean Grey's like I need to get this corrosive sludge away from Lorna. We don't really see any corrosive sludge uh, going on here. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess that could be like the green pool that she's standing over in the in the first panel or the top panel of this page. But like, it's so. Like it just doesn't look like corrosive sludge, and then like we no. s- when when Jean Grey says she's going to do that, the next thing we see is Lorna floating with what looks like like ocean waves, like kind of surrounding her, like you're surfing through a tunnel or something. And now she's buck ass naked with a cute little uh, cute little booty. Yep, uh, parting the sea. Uh, Jean Grey's like her nervous system is overloaded. She's carrying millions of magnetic patterns, recording the last moments of Genosha. Um, Charles Xavier's going to read her mind, but Storm just goes and grabs her. Yeah. Storm saves her, like swoops in, um, you know, and they make this like supposition that she was trying to get at something under the surface, which is pretty wheel weird. Uh, Jean Grey's like, "Hey, uh, Neil, you're the X Man who's immune to radiation poisoning. Go check out what's under the surface." Uh, he goes over there, reaches into this uh, sludge that we hadn't really seen before, and grabs a black box like a flight recorder. Um, 
Yeah, this is super strange because number one, like I don't understand Thunderbird's power here. <laughs> and at one point, it looks like one of his hands turns into the Mega Man gun, the, the, the Mega Buster or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not even going to ask a bunch of questions about that. But then, like when he picks up the box, like it looks like uh, Lorna starts freaking out and starts like almost attacking Xavier. Yeah, so she does, and she's she's uh, and like you were up in the sky with Storm, um. She comes down, she's getting all these word bubbles, like, you know, disaster speak. Like, oh, the phones are ringing, can you hear me? I can't see. Disaster things. Uh, Jean Grey and Professor Xavier decide to purge these forces from, from Lorna Dane. And they're finding out that Magneto put himself in this black box along with everyone. So Magneto, using the power of magnetism, because of cassette tapes, Recorded everyone's voice using magnetism and then put it into a black box. Uh, and Lorna Dane was doing this because she needs to signal boost this. I have to boost the signal. I have to boost the signal daddy uh, as she's nude, like down, uh, down on the ground, freaking out as they're like doing this, like exorcism of yeah. her getting rid of these magnetic voices from her brain. And she this starts, is nonsense. Like if you're listening to this, if you don't like ever read the comics and like you don't know comics or whatever, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that we're makes doing no the best we sense. fucking can. Yeah, this is these aren't sentences. Like this isn't you know. Yeah, this is horseshit. And she starts reaching out towards the the statue that they've been they've been building the monument they've been building to Magneto and saying I love you, I love you. And then we hear this recording, um, which starts well, with. Go ahead. Real quick, I don't think actually Polaris is Magneto's daughter. I feel like that was something that everyone thought it because of the powers and it was discredited. I could be wrong about this and I can look it up and, and probably will. But this this is inconsistent characterization. Polaris has not been like, oh, Magneto's my daddy in forever. Like this is before she joined Pete Milligan's X-Men and became like a weird villain. Uh, but during this time, she was not like, oh, Magneto, my daddy. This is I feel like this is Grant Morrison, like Unis the Untouchable, reading the X-Men wiki and then playing with some toys. You know, which is fine. Like, I don't hate that, but it's just real weird because I think, you know, Polaris is a character. Like, I, I've read a lot of comics with Polaris, and this just feels nothing like her. Yeah. So. It, yeah, it's 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 very strange to have this this whole situation pop up because, like, what does any of this even mean? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what, what are we spending our time doing? She's screaming uh, at her daddy, and then we hear Magneto's voice. Uh, he starts this off by saying, this is the voice, which I think is a very funny way to say something. <laughs> this is the voice. I really want to start podcast with that now. Like, this is the voice. <laughs> I'm the second voice. The voice. <laughs> I'm the second voice. And you're and, listening to Game Boner. And you're listening to the podcast. Yeah. We're two white guys to get together and talk about topic. <laughs> yeah, dude. Do you like topic? We know you do. Um, so he's, you know, this is the voice, this is the voice of Magneto and there could be something kind of emotionally resonant, you know, to have the last words of Magneto, you know, here, but I, it's kind of lame, you know? It, well, it's a bad last, it's bad last words, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that sketch where the, the, the chick has the last words and it's the Nickelback song and like everyone's <laughs> freaking out about how great it's, uh, how great, like, oh my God, that's so inspiring. Could have made it as a wise funny. man. <laughs> I, I've not seen that, but that's very funny. Um, um, but yeah, like he's just saying like, it's a strange thing to die in the darkness. It's a strange thing to die. Now I will be a voice in the darkness echoing forever, like all of this stuff. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's fine, but like, it's just a, it's just kind of like normal words, I guess. Like it's not, 
there's nothing about Genosha. There's nothing, you know, I don't know. It's just very strange. Yeah. Well, and the, so then he says, you know, once I was a mortal man, now I'm immortal. I'm a memory. They thought they could silence us, but instead we become magnetic and unstoppable. Like, first of all, that doesn't really tie into the foreshadowing that this is doing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that like he's still around and he's going to do his plans from beyond the grave or whatever. That's cool. That's true. Um, this is like a very sincere sentiment about like sending the voices of the notions out into space on magnet waves um, at the speed of radio um, as like this emotional thing to be undercut by what actually happens in the story. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like this is particularly kind of strong. Um, also, like, what does this mean? Like broadcasting it out, like the camera pans out as this is happening um, out of the Island, but it's not like people around the world, like their radios are instantly tuning into the last words of Genosians. And if they were like, that's some fucking dark shit. Like if I was going to be reminded, I would not be reminded by want to be remembered by like, Oh, the phone is ringing, which is, it feels like 90% of the, uh, the last words here. Um, <laughs> what if you just picked up your cell phone? It was just Magneto saying, I am the voice. And like everybody, it was, it was basically the new car warranty <laughs> phone call, spam calls, right? Like this is Magneto. Yeah. And I have concerns about your car's warranty service. And you're like, not again. God, yeah, this is who? Like, like, Magneto, I'm an adult. Trust me, do my own insurance. Sometimes I wish we hadn't killed those 16 million mutants just so I could be saved from moments like this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's very funny too because one of the uh, the inconsistencies here, you know, is the idea like oh that the humans killed 16 millions of us, uh, you know, and they they they, they created the gun and pull the trigger though. Cassandra yeah. fucking Nova did, mm-hmm. who is closer to a mutant than than a human. So like. The whole thing gets a little bit wonky uh, here and just these last words. And then we get this like surprise cut, like, you know, and, and he's, you know, beyond the, our voices travel far beyond this life and far, far beyond this death. We get a team shot of this group of X-Men as if this is going to be like a spinoff comic, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's it. You know, the idea, I guess, is just like, oh, that's very profound. And then sure. the end, <laughs> I guess is, uh... it's, it's really weird. Quicksilver's crying in this shot. I just noticed that for the first yeah. time. He's got a little, yeah. he's got a little cheek wet going on. Uh, yeah. So, so is Lorna Dane. Yeah. Crying. Everybody looks real sad. <laughs> it would be very funny if like multiple man was in the background, just like a big smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> with, with like some earbuds in, just jamming. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I love this song. Hey, sh- Magneto, shut up, shut up. Uh, <laughs> this is, hold on, we're getting to the drop, Magneto. I gotta, I gotta feel, yeah. gotta feel this drop. I'm recording this, these last words so I can remix them. <laughs> Is the phone ringing? Ringing, ring, ringing, ringing. Um, yeah, I uh, I feel like this issue as a whole because this is the last. This is the last really time we're going to be dealing with this Genosha. That's going to be brought up a couple of times, but like this is going to be the most direct we deal with Genosha. I think for the rest of the series, and yeah. it's it's a weird note to to leave it on. Like I'm a hundred percent here for the the statue being built. I would be even be like super interested in the black box of magnetic recordings of last words of 60 million people if like it had just driven Lorna crazy or something without all of the weird like ghost magnets floating around Genosha like that's that really is off-putting to me and um yeah it's just a you mentioned that this was probably the worst issue in the in the run and I'm, I'm probably with one you. of yeah I mean uh, yeah. so far this is definitely the worst one that I think we've read yeah and we've had we've had some absolutely horrendous art yeah that has you know rounded down some issues but even when the art was bad generally what was happening was pretty good you know, and we have the enough set issue, which is like visually really amazing, even though you know the content is very slight. 
this just doesn't feel like it's doing a whole lot like this issue and the next issue of them like wrapping up loose threads mm-hmm. it's just not very exciting to me like i get it but it, it's, it's also just it's between arcs i really like like yeah. the weapon you know the weapon 13 arc and i love ryan xavier's it's depending on the day you ask me like it's one of my all-time favorite x-men stories oh yeah um so uh this this just doesn't do it for me that's okay because yep. uh you know the next issue which is a filler issue is a better filler issue yes for one i think um and then for two uh this is almost over <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. we don't part. have too much too much uh too much guff to get through to get to the good shit um so yeah yep. thank you everybody for listening um if you want to mm-hmm. support the show patreon.com slash tv is the place to do so uh all sorts of cool benefits and features over there for you probably hundreds of hours of exclusive material from gary and cole and some for me and will and just everybody on the network uh just is waiting for you at a, a pretty low price per month uh so go check all of that out. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated, especially since we've changed the format. And thank you for everybody that has done that. Um, we'll be back in a couple of days with the next issue of New X-Men. Umbasa. Umbasa. Uh, oh, wait, before we get started, uh, yeah. I want to I send you this. <laughs> I didn't want to get us into a fucking derail, uh, but I saw this. I'm DMing you on Discord. Um, apparently Marvel Girl showed up with green hair one time and was one of the Poppopians. <laughs> Poppopians, <laughs> one of the Poppopians. Yeah, created by the alongside the planet, planet Pop Up by the Impossible oh, Man the and Galactus. Impossible Man, I hate the Impossible Man so much. <laughs> if this you clicked on the, uh, uh, Ooh, boy, let me see uh, if there's any more images of Pop Up Planet Pop Up. Nope, yeah, just, just click on pop puppians and you get the impossible man just sucking just immediately sucking yeah just the, just the picture oh dude jesus yeah <laughs> gotta get the fuck out of here immediately yeah <laughs> back back <laughs> uh so apparently gene gray had green hair too i just wanted to follow up on that fucking weird well you know what if the uh, what if it was me <laughs> am i doing the magnets well that's how magnets work <laughs>